0: Hey, this is Scotty Dingus, pastor of West Logan Church. We are glad you're joining us for our podcast today. I hope you find what you need in today's message. Uh, But this evening, I'm going to go ahead and let Kristen get us started about this series.
1: So we have titled our new Bible study series, Final Destination. You've probably seen the graphics on Facebook, and um, we all know that there's a place that we have to go besides this earth and I want to talk a little bit about that here in just a second. So have you ever noticed that for thousands and thousands and thousands of years there has been this fascination with all of humanity with wondering, is there life beyond here? So true. And I, as a matter of fact I read an article just a few weeks ago and on that article it, and it was a video actually as well. And it showed a video that was released by the Pentagon where these uh, pilots in the US Navy and Air Force had actually seen UFOs, and they released the video footage that was taken from the plane itself um, from an F-18 aircraft, and it actually showed that. and. You know, you have the whole idea of Area 51. Does it exist or does it not? Are there aliens there? I don't know. Uh, You're talking nations have spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. That's right. Trying to find out if there's life on other planets or somewhere else, on the moon or on other moons or whatever. Not to mention the countless Hollywood movies about extraterrestrial life
0: and i'm not about that alien life
1: i'm not either and you know i don't like movies about aliens very much anyway but i really don't like movies where the alien is a surprise
0: that makes that that kills the whole movie yeah
1: like if if it is not supposed to be about aliens and then suddenly there's aliens i'm i'm totally done yeah
0: mel gibson had that movie killer movie to the end oh, remember? the new
1: Indiana Jones, the new, newest Indiana Jones.
0: Kind of ruined the Indiana Jones yeah, the Indy.
1: crystal skull or whatever.
0: Now, I liked Independence Day with Will Smith. I could take that yeah, all day. I
1: know it's about aliens. Sometimes I can handle that it. That
0: one, that one I can.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's this huge fascination and I, just these three or four things I named alone, I think substantiates a human fascination with extraterrestrial things. And I really think that I could have saved the government a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to wondering, is there life out there beyond Earth? Because I have the answer to that question, Uh and the answer is yes. Yes, there is life beyond Earth, and we're going to start talking about that today. There is life outside of what we know as our earthly home, because I think, and I'm of the opinion, that this deep fascination of humanity with things that are beyond our human eyes here on Earth and life out there somewhere else is divinely placed inside of us because we want to know the answer to those questions simply because there is something inside of each of us that is whispering to us, there's something more. I believe that. there's. You're not alone. You're not. We are not alone here on this planet. Called earth. There are other, there's other life out there. That's right. And God has placed this instinct inside of us to look beyond our earthly home. And why is that? It's because according to God's word, this earth is not our final home. This is not where you are intended to stay. Amen. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16 says, all these people, and this is of course the hall of fame of faith, that's right. All of these people who have gone on before us with great faith. And it says, all of these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So I believe fully that what God has placed in us is not for the extraterrestrial. It's Come not on. for E.T. phone home, That's right. But it's actually an instinctive longing for our homeland. So earth is not our final destination. And in this Bible series that we're going to go through, we're going to talk about our real possible final destinations. Um, We're going to begin today by talking about this heavenly homeland mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to do this quickly, and I say quickly, because we are going to answer 10 common questions.
0: That's awesome. about
1: this place called heaven That's awesome. and what God says about them. That's right. And most of this, I'm, you can you can gather a lot of information about these questions just from this scripture that I'm going to read to you alone. So our text is going to come from the book of Revelation, chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God And for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So the first question we're going to talk about is this Will we have bodies in heaven? Will we have bodies in heaven? When we get to heaven, what will we look like? That's a very valid question. Some people see in their mind's eye this wispy air yes. image, you know, you see on movies of ghosts and things like that. And maybe that's what we're gonna look like in heaven. You also have people who believe that when we get to heaven we're gonna be angels. Yeah. That we're gonna have wings and we're gonna be these fat little babies floating around on clouds or something.
0: Fat babies, angels. But
1: but first of all, that's not what an angel looks like. No. And second of all, nowhere in the Word of God does it say that we become angels. That's right. So if you believe that, let me educate you a little bit. Because you will not, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but you're not going to be an angel when you get to heaven.
0: I, for one, don't want to look like that.
1: He <laughs> don't want to be a chubby baby. I don't want to be a
0: chubby baby with wings.
1: So even if, beyond looking further into Scripture, looking at this Scripture alone, if, We weren't going to have bodies. Why would we need robes? So, we will have bodies, otherwise, we would not have need, we wouldn't have anything to put a robe on. So, if you want to also, here's another scripture for you to look at that I did not give you, but read Revelation 7 9 through 13. And also, we're going to, I'm going to go here, Philippians 3 20 and 21. It actually talks about the transformation of our earthly bodies. It says in Philippians 3, for our citizenship is in heaven, which we talked about, Yes. from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. So Jesus has a heavenly body. That's right. And it says here that he will transform this lowly body to be conformed to his glorious body. It's good. When he comes for us. Second, 1 Corinthians 15. This is a good, a whole, this whole chapter talks a lot about our transformation. But I'm just going to read a couple of verses, verses 47 through 49. It says, the first man of the, was of the earth made of dust, which was Adam. Yeah. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are we, are those who are made of dust. Yes. Now, and as is the heavenly man, so also those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So basically, what this means is, is that Jesus serves as our example, just as he does in the way we should live our lives, that he had an earthly body just like us. He was born into human form just like us, but then he died, then he was buried, and then he rose again with a new glorified body. And think about this. Jesus was able to be physically touched When he rose from the dead. That's right. You know, he asked Thomas to touch him.
0: Like that. Like
1: that. So he could physically be touched, but he was also able to walk through walls. It also, if you read, it talks about he was walking along with the disciples and then suddenly he was gone. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff.
0: So maybe move at the thought, possibly. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know.
1: It also says that when he came back to earth to visit with the disciples, that he had a meal. He did. So that means there will be food in heaven.
0: That means no weight gain.
1: <laughs> right. If the marriage supper of the lamb, you will be able to go back for dessert, and you won't gain a pound.
0: Yeah. That's not
1: in the Bible. That's you, just my Will opinion. you go
0: back for dessert or more meat?
1: I will go back for more food.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: More food. First Corinthians 15 also says that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet... For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So our natural bodies are sown into the earth, and when we die, a spiritual one takes its place. And here's an interesting fact for you. I don't know if you realize this or, or not, but in our nation, Christian tradition says a certain way that bodies should be buried when they are put in the ground. That's right. And that is, it actually comes from a biblical principle. And Matthew twenty four twenty seven says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So traditionally, and when possible, people are buried with their feet towards the east and their head. I'm pointing like that. Yes. East. I don't know if that's east or not. I don't know. East and west. I don't know. But their feet are towards the east and their head is towards the west. So, and the reason why is because we are buried with our end in mind, so that when we come out of the grave
0: mm-hmm.
1: to meet Jesus, <laughs> we'll face him. Amen. He'll be coming from thee.
0: So I was thinking about our friend that thought everywhere he was going forward was north. Was north got a healthy soul so i was like i know this is north i was just joking point two yeah yeah <laughs> point two let's go to the second point so we're asking these questions the second one is this will we go to heaven immediately some people actually teach that people when they die there's a holding place that's like you're suspended many people ask me where their loved ones are when they die like at funerals so many people ask this question and i want you to know first of all there is not a holding place and a lot of people believe there's a holding place until the second coming of christ there's no holding place to be absent from this body is to be present with the lord that's for those that are saved but the Bible teaches us that when we die, we immediately go to heaven. Well, in the scripture that you told us in the beginning of Revelation 6, which is where we're drawing a lot of answers from tonight, Revelation 6 says that they were in heaven after their death before the second coming. That means they were immediately in heaven when they were martyred. And Jesus even told the thief on the cross, this day I will see you in paradise. So there's you just some answers. And one scripture that i like to give us tonight is out of 2 Corinthians 5 and 8. It says, we are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord. Any person you know that has died and was saved, as soon as they left this earth, they became presently with the Lord in that moment. Wow.
1: So the third question is this Will we be able to communicate? Will we be able to communicate? And this is a very simple one. Yes, we will. Yes. Should I just stop? I mean, I have more. I was just
0: yeah, I'll give you more.
1: <laughs> I just you
0: kind of throw me off.
1: <laughs> so think about this. Back to that scripture the martyrs in heaven were able to speak. And it actually says that not only did they speak, but they spoke loudly. It says they cried out in a loud voice. And this made me yes. think of a funny story. Um my cousin Andy toller, and those of you who know my cousin Andy, he's he you can hear him saying this telling this story in his voice. But when he was younger, he used to travel with my papa Joe, That's right. who I talk about quite frequently. But they used he used to travel to help him take cars places and things like this. And he told us this story a while, probably about a year ago. He was sharing this, but he said that he, you know, we were talking about how my papa prayed, and my papa's prayers went on and on and on and on forever.
0: Not that it was a bad thing. Not
1: that it was a bad thing, but like he was the person that if you asked him to pray over the food, your belly was going to be growling. Yes. You know, by the time he got to the end of it, and my my papa was a man of prayer, and at any given time, I could walk into his house. And you could just hear him praying. And when I was a kid and even when I was a teenager and even as an adult when I would go there, I can remember him being in the shower and just praying over all of us grandkids and all of these things. But when he prayed, he prayed really loud. Yes. So, my, and he would wake up early, like before the sun came up and he would pray. So Andy was telling this story about this time that he had went with him and he was in a hotel room. And my papa had went out on the balcony of the hotel room to pray, and he was praying real loud, and Andy and it woke Andy up. And of course, the sun hadn't even come up yet. And Andy walked out on the onto the the balcony and said, "Uncle Joe, God's not hard of hearing, <laughs> <laughs> but heaven is not going to be a silent place." That's you know, right. You think about if if silence, if your church services are very silent. That's not at all what heaven is going to no, look like. No. It's going to be a place of celebration, which we're going to talk about later. But these people cried out in loud voices, and they were able to ask God a question. And you see all through the Bible, even throughout the book of Revelation, there were people talking to John when he was given all of these visions and all of this That's stuff. Right. So, yes, you will be able to communicate.
0: Okay, and the next question we have tonight that many people ask is, will we have emotions? The martyrs we read about in Revelation 6, they deeply cared about what was happening on earth, showing us that there were some emotions there. Remember, we are created in the image of God. God has emotions. He shows emotions, and we're created with emotions. But emotions are part of the soul. It's also part of our personhood. We're part of the image of God. That's part of who we are. But the Bible lets us know it's a of once unto man to die, then it's the judgment. In other words, there's no second chances. After you go to heaven you're not gonna to want to jump out, but you're not gonna be able to make that decision either. So um, there's no, script, no scripture letting us know that there's second chances. Uh, we will still have emotions just like God. Um, he, he is a, a, he has the emotions with us. Heavens rejoices also when a sinner repents. Um, so there's joy in heaven and our heavenly joy is, um, is cannot even be comparable to our earthly joy. Okay. And all the peace and joy we have now we must understand as well that uh, we're going to have so much more in abundance there. So just imagine if people are rejoicing over one sinner coming. There's some emotions in heaven. So who are those people rejoicing? We may talk about that here a little bit as well.
1: Yeah. So question number five is: Will we know everything? Now this is an interesting question, and me and my dad were actually talking about this yesterday. But the I, a lot of people will say yes. When we get to heaven, we're going to know everything. And the basis of that comes from two scriptures that they kind of put together that really doesn't mean that at all. So let's look at these really quick. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. So what that means is that you will know people. That's right. It doesn't mean that you will know everything. That's right. And then 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And a lot of people misquote this scripture that's to right. say that we will know as he knows.
0: no that's not, yeah. but that's
1: not what that's saying. What that is saying is that we will have a heavenly perspective of God. We will see him as he is, not that we will see everything. And it's interesting because even in this text from Revelation, if you look at it, the martyrs were asking God a question. That's right. And they said, That means they didn't know the answer to something. That's right. And really, if you think about it, the Bible even talks about that the coming of the Son of Man, no one knows the day or the hour except for the Father who is in heaven. So the Bible says that even Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. Will we know sufficiently? Absolutely. But will we know everything as God does? Not based on what I have studied in Scripture. We will know accordingly. If my thinking is this, if Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back, then why would God bring us to heaven and then us know everything? I think there will be things to be discovered there. There will be places to go and things to see and, and adventure to be had.
0: I think we'll always be learning.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I
0: think God will always... How could we know everything about God instantly? I think God is always going to be something that we seek after and learn more about. Uh, and then the, the sixth question is this, will we know what's happening on earth? Yes, but let me tell you this with a heavenly perspective. The question that comes to me a lot of times, once again about heaven, will, does my mother or my father see me crying and missing them down here? Well, first of all, the Bible, I know, it's so our human nature is so crazy. It says we should weep when someone's born, rejoice when someone right. dies. And it's just the opposite. We reverse, we reverse that because of human nature. But I believe that God, there's no, He wipes every tear from their eye a few times in Scripture, but there's different times in Revelation. But I believe heaven is such a peaceful place, joyful place. And I'm going to show you a few things as well about heaven and how we know what's going on on earth. But the martyrs knew what was happening on earth. And when they asked about avenging their blood, they was like, they're asking, when is our blood going to be avenged? We know you got a plan, but when is it? So they knew that their blood had not been avenged. Yeah. Now, Hebrews 12 and one, one of my favorite scriptures, when it's talking about heaven, is therefore since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now, think about this. Hebrews 11 talks about the hall of faith. It gives us all these people that completely believe God, had incredible faith, and then the very next thing the writer of Hebrews, who I believe is the Apostle Paul. We really don't know that. But he starts talking about how the dead saints are surrounding us with this crowd of witnesses. So that lets us know that there's people in heaven that knows what's going on in the earth, but they are doing it from a heavenly perspective. They are cheering you on family and friends. I believe our family, the ones that know us, maybe the people that uh, we attended church with or family members. I believe they can look down of a heavenly perspective, and see good things. And also rejoice. We are surrounded by that witness, by that faith. Luke 15 and 7 says, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have have it straight away. So in other words, heaven rejoice. Who is the people in heaven that's rejoicing over one lost sinner? No doubt it's the saints. It's the crowd of witnesses. And
1: if they're rejoicing, they clearly know what's going on. They
0: know that someone came from a life of sin to a life of victory in Christ. In fact, the Bible lets us know that there's rejoicing in the presence of angels. It does not say that the angels rejoice. A lot of people say, well, you know, one lost sinner came. Lord, we know the angels are rejoicing. I know they mean well. And I don't want to put that down. I don't want to take away from that. But the angels are not rejoicing. It's in the presence of angels. It's the Old saints, right. it's that the crowd of witnesses that we talk about. But people in heaven were rejoicing over one sinner who repented on her on earth. This all happens before the return of Christ. No person will repent after the return. Right. So we're talking about this when I say the return of Christ. Not talking about rapture. About, uh, the one where he actually
1: sets his feet back on the ground.
0: Yeah, on the ground, which is the millennial reign. A lot of people don't believe in the millennial reign. But, however, I believe that's just such a scriptural thing. But we're trying to answer all your scriptural questions tonight. All of them. Trying. Uh, about heaven.
1: <laughs> all, we're answering all your questions. We can't do it all. It's going be a long night. And Number seven. Will we remember our lives on earth? Well, back to this scripture again. The martyrs remembered that they were murdered. That's right. You know, they were asking God, when are you going to get these people that took our lives? So they knew that they were murdered, and they remembered that. If you look in Luke 16, Abraham, and we're going to talk more about this. In a moment. Next week. Yeah. Next week. So Abraham had a conversation with the rich man who had died, and it says that he lifted his eyes up, from hell and then there was Lazarus the servant who had died and he went to Abraham's bosom which we'll also talk a little more about next week but Luke 16 25 Abraham says son remember in your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus evil things but now he is comforted and you are tormented so we will remember our lives on earth in eternity that's right Our memories will make us grateful. Our memories, think about this. How can we really appreciate heaven if we don't have anything to compare it to? I mean, we will know what we came from. But once again, from a heavenly perspective, that's when it all is going to come together and make sense. You know, there are things on this earth now. I've talked to a friend of mine earlier. There are things going on right now in everybody's life. You may not even realize there's something going on in your life. But there are things going on in all of our lives that we may never have the answer to here on this earth. So true. But we will when we get to heaven. That's right. So if you, with those that are in heaven, their memories on earth makes them grateful. But those in hell, the Bible says, their memories torment them. That's right. So will we remember our lives on earth? Yes, we will.
0: Yes, And then the next one is, will we know people? People think we will not know anyone in heaven, but listen to this, which you already read the scripture, so I'm not going to read it, but I'll quote just a portion of it out of 1 Corinthians 13. We will know people as we are known. In other words, I will know that you was my wife and that your name was Kristen. Right? So in fact, we will finally understand people as well. Yeah. I believe that we'll finally understand them. Now, for all you out there that don't understand your spouse, when you get to heaven, I believe that you'll finally understand that man or that woman. And you're like, I just totally don't understand them. I believe there's no way we can really know people and understand them until we get to heaven. Yeah. There's just no way. We don't have the capacity. We're not built for that. So we think we know people, but now we finally understand them once we come to heaven, and maybe you'll understand your spouse. And there's times I'm sure Chris is like, I don't understand that fella. And
1: vice versa. Yes,
0: oh, definitely (laughs) vice versa. Uh, There may be some people there that we didn't expect to see. And maybe there's some people that didn't expect to see us when we're there. So don't think that you have one up on anybody. But Matthew 8 11 says, and I say to you, many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham. Isaac, and Jacob. You remember that good song? Mm-hmm. I can't sing. I, Don't try. I'm not going to try. But it says, that We shall, shall sit with them in the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about heaven. We're going to sit down with Abraham and Moses and ask them what was going on in their minds. Or ask Peter what, why he was burning out something. And maybe they're going to ask why I preached their story wrong. <laughs> Me. They might say, I heard you preach one time, and you said this about me, but that was wrong. Just joking, but maybe true, because I have preached a lot about Jacob, a lot about Peter. They're my favorite ones because I can relate to my mishaps, to theirs. And they might say, I wasn't as bad as you made it out to be. Um, (laughs) So why'd you do that? But we're going to be able to sit down with the old saints, and you know what's going to be cool? I believe you're going to be able to sit down with Papa Joe. I do, too. I believe I'm gonna sit down, with Papa Joe, and say, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, all those things. But you'll be able to speak to the old saints.
1: And number nine, this is a funny question to me.
0: People really think this. People really do. They do.
1: But to me, it's a funny question. Yeah. But will it be boring?
0: Come on, yo! It's it, it's heaven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but some people are truly deceived. That, and they think that hell is going to be the fun party place. I mean, they really do. Satan has planted this idea in humanity that heaven is just going to be this boring church service, and that nothing exciting is ever going to happen there, and we're just going to be floating around playing harps with angel wings and with baby
0: bellies. With
1: baby, I mean. <laughs> it's this picture that Satan has really painted. It's awful. And in reality, heaven is kind of losing the marketing ba- battle when it comes to heaven or hell. And think about this. This this is a really, really um, self-reflective thought, I think.
0: Oh, deep.
1: But the reason is, the reason why that heaven is losing the marketing value is because those of us who are going there don't know enough about it to tell people and invite them to go with us
0: now that's a revelation
1: Yeah. so it's like somebody would come up to you and be like hey you have and this has actually happened to me by the way someone come up to you and say hey you really need to watch that movie what's it about? I don't know I've never seen it but you really need to watch it And you say, well, where is it playing at? And they say, I don't know, but you need to find it. You need to watch that movie. It's good. It's a great movie. But they've never seen it. They don't even know what it's about. And a lot of times, that's the way we are with heaven. I believe that the more we understand heaven, the more motivated we will be to get our friends and family to go there. So true. And on the flip side of that, the more we understand about hell the more motivated we will be to get people not to go there. That's right. So if you imagine in your mind the most amazing and spectacular place that you can possibly muster up, heaven surpasses all of that. I believe that heaven is a place that is so wonderful and so exciting that that we don't even have words to even describe it adequately. Here on this earth because we don't even have anything to compare it to. And you know if you think about this there are, there are a lot of comparisons throughout all of the Bible about a Jewish wedding. Yes. And if you've ever studied out a Jewish wedding the Jew, a Jewish wedding you know I have been to some weddings that were fun. Yes. I mean I've been to some that weren't. But I've been to some weddings more
0: that was not fun.
1: That were a blast. Yes. I will tell you this. My family knows how to have a wedding. Except me. My wedding was boring. I liked it. um, I had (laughs) fun. But my family, you know, they could put on a party. But in the Bible, a Jewish wedding was one of the greatest celebrations of ever. And they would last like a week at a time. That's right. And it was this huge celebration. And the Bible talks about when we get to heaven, a marriage supper of the Lamb. That when we all get to heaven, there will be food, but there will be a party. Have you ever thought about that?
0: It's definitely going to be a long party.
1: Forever. So you're looking at the greatest celebration for eternity. ...that you could even think of. Revelation 21, 1-5 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. There you go again. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them... And they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And... The greatest thing about heaven, I believe, is going to be the fellowship that we have with the Father and with fellow believers and those that have gone on before us. And the worst thing about hell is going to be the opposite of that, that you won't have any of that at all. You won't see people. You won't talk to people. There won't be won't, a party in hell. There won't be a party. And all of the things on this earth that weigh us down won't be there anymore. Think about this. You know, I know that most people share this thought with me but the new car smell I love it you know it's like a sad day when you get in your new vehicle and you suddenly realize it don't smell new anymore yeah. and I don't care what kind of little tree you hang in your windshield on your rear view mirror it's fake it doesn't, it doesn't even compare to what the real new car smell is and I find it interesting here that God said I will make all things new You know, when you get a new anything, it's just fun. It's fun to get new stuff. I
0: love new stuff.
1: And in heaven, it's all going to be new. Always. Everything. It's like the new car smell all the time. All the time. All the time. So heaven is going to be the longest celebration in history and the most wonderful place. I just made that a really, the most wonderful place imaginable. And it will not be boring.
0: And it's not Disney, it's greater than Disney. Yeah,
1: Disney is one of my favorite
0: places ever. And hell's the worst place, with no party, seeing nobody, and completely isolated in outer darkness. Yeah. Crazy. Anyways, the last question tonight, very short, and the most important question, who will be there? Now, Scripture answers this, but let me go ahead and give a disclaimer. God did not create humanity with the intent of them missing heaven. Not one human was ever created with God's intent for them to miss heaven. God did not have a number. He did not create you not to go to heaven and me to go, and vice versa. He created us all to go to heaven. But the Bible says in Revelation 21, 6, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, meaning the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water, of life freely to him who thirsts. Revelation 22 and 17 says, and the spirit of the bride say, come, let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts, whoever desires. He didn't say just mine, just whoever I want. He said, no, whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. In other words, salvation is a free gift. And whoever is whoever. If God didn't mean for it to be whoever, He would say who I have picked. And then Romans 10 and 9 says this, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. And then Romans 10 and 13, here is the nail, I guess you can say, in the coffin, so the speak, since we're talking about <laughs> final
1: a final destination. Day. The nail in the coffin. Yes,
0: and it says in verse 13, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And once again, God would say, only my picks, if He only meant His picks. But He actually means, whoever will call the name of the Lord. So who's going to be there? Those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and call on His name. Now, next week is going to be fabulous.
1: Right? It is. Next week we This week we talked about heaven. Next week we are going to talk about hell. And I feel like that is something that people just don't know. I mean... I think there's a lot of stuff in Scripture that people don't realize. And that statement that I made earlier about if you, the more you learn about these places, you know, what what you know about heaven and what you know about hell is not going to affect your relationship with the Lord. It's not going to make you any greater. But I do feel like that it puts something in you, a motivation, to either go there, to go to heaven, or to tell the people around you. You know, this is not a place that you want to go. So I believe that next week's teaching is going to be a really good one that you'll enjoy.
0: Yes, I completely agree with everything you just said. I believe it's a perfect time for us to close out in prayer. I'll close this out in prayer. Smell our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much that once again you've been with us. And, Lord, we believe we've been at your table and we feasted on your word. And we thank you for letting us letting us learn more about you. And, God, we speak blessing over each and every person, especially those, God, that do not know you, that they'll rededicate their life to you, that they'll give their heart to you and call on your name. And we know, Lord, that you are the Savior. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to reach out to us, please contact us through social media or at westloganchurch.com.